And it took me a long time to figure this out because I had done my absolute best to avoid ever having to feel that in my life. I watched what I ate. I went to the gym so that I could be comfortable with my appearance. I chased a prestigious profession at a prestigious firm and then prestigious companies. So I never had to be insecure about what I did and where I fit into society's hierarchy. Welcome to the 47th episode of the Leader Rising Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Paul Carvanis. We're here for the people who love life, who just want to live it. And there's so much shit out there that's just so exciting. And it kills us sometimes to just be going through the motions. We're here for the people who are just passionate about life, where there's so much to do, so much to see, so much to experience. And we just want to get out there and live. Going through the motions is our kryptonite. And our nightmare is laying on our deathbed wondering what if. So I just heard this fantastic podcast episode on the Tim Ferriss Show with Richard Schwartz, the creator of Internal Family Systems Therapy. In fact, it was so good, I had to listen to it twice. And the second time, I took about two and a half pages of notes here. The premise is that there are different parts of us that want different things. And we are made up of these parts. And so right now, there's a part of me that's excited to record this podcast. There's a part of me that's nervous. How is this podcast going to land with people? There's a part of me that's a slightly bit anxious because he's wondering, hey, is this my voice, quote unquote? Am I finally stepping past whatever it is that's been muting it? And there's a part of me that just says, Let's get going. Don't worry about it. And there's so many other parts of me besides. One of the things Schwartz says about IFS is that it's non-pathologizing. Like all of these different parts of us, even the parts that give us anxiety, even the parts that experience depression, they're actually, they ultimately want the best for us. So look, I still don't know it that well. I've heard one podcast episode twice and done a little bit of digging outside of it. I have ordered the textbook on it that they've created that's for practitioners. So I'll keep you posted after I've had a chance to go through it and, and take what I can out of it. But despite not knowing it that well, what is it that's really resonating about it for me? Well, I'll tell you. The first thing is he actually has different categories of these parts. And as he was going through the categories, I saw them in my life. So the first one is the exile. This is a part of ourselves that we've exiled. And I'm just like, oh, it turns out that we can't have this part around. For some of us, especially guys, this may be weakness. We may at some point in our life have thought, ooh, if, if I'm weak, I'm going to get made fun of. Or my father will judge me. Or this or that. And so we actually exile the part of us that experiences this weakness. But just because we don't have it at the surface doesn't mean it's gone. And oftentimes it can give rise to other parts of ourselves. There's the protector. 
which seeks to protect us, especially against feelings that they don't want to have. There's the manager, which manages our life, our beliefs, our activities in order to avoid feeling a certain way. Now, these resonate so strongly with me. First, I want to give a little analogy. I forget what book it's from, possibly Limitless. It's about the woman in the thorn. She gets a thorn in her arm, and it is so painful. Anytime it gets touched, there's excruciating pain. And so she's like, wow, I, I can't touch it. And she thinks about taking it out, but no, it would be so painful she might even die from it, she thinks. Hyperbole, maybe. Who knows? And so she tries to live her life while still having this there, but she doesn't want to give up her life, right? I mean, part of the problem is if she's sleeping and she rolls over, it really hurts. So she creates this elaborate contraption that sits over her bed and holds her in place so that when she's sleeping, she doesn't roll. Great. Well, what about the rest of her life? I mean, she doesn't want to give up sports. She loves playing soccer, but sometimes other people jostle her. So she builds a cast that she can place over her arm and can stop the thorn from getting touched. And now, you know, it's big, it's bulky, so she's not as nimble, as agile, as fast. She's not as good at soccer, but at least she can play without the thorn getting touched. And so similarly, she creates ways to work with this thorn in all aspects of her life so that she never has to feel the pain of the thorn. And she finally says, ah, finally. I can live without feeling the pain of the thorn. I'm finally free from that thorn. Except, is she? Is she free from the thorn? Or is the thorn the central aspect of her life around which everything else orbits? I was bullied as a kid, terribly, for years. And it has, it's been formative for me, really. And it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't been bullied what it feels like and how it affects you through the rest of your life. And I've talked to other guys who were also bullied as kids and, and they get it. And as a result of that, parts of myself have been created. I realized when I was going through my coach training, they, they asked us at some point, like, what is something that you just can't stand? What's, what's a part of yourself that you just can't be with? And it took me a long time to answer this. Because I was like, no, man, I'm good. I'm good with all of myself. I accept myself, this, this, and that. And, and after a little bit, I came to realize that actually it was weakness and it was being insecure that I couldn't be with. And it took me a long time to figure this out because I had done my absolute best to avoid ever having to feel that in my life. I watched what I ate. I went to the gym so that I could be comfortable with my appearance. I chased a prestigious profession at a prestigious firm and then prestigious companies. So I never had to be insecure about what I did and where I fit into society's hierarchy. I constantly had to be doing and creating things so that I could look back on the day and say, oh, I accomplished something. I was of worth. I wasn't worthless today. So in other words, I had my thorn too. My thorn was this feeling of worthlessness. And I built my entire life around never having to feel it. And I'm just paying attention as I'm talking to you right now. It's, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to even bring this up right now and admit it and claim it. Um, and, 
and I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I can actually feel my heart beating right now. It's pounding. I'm going to do it anyway because I know that probably most of us have our own versions of this. We have our own thorn. Maybe it's similar to mine. Maybe it's different. Maybe instead of, it, instead of bullies at the playground, it was a parent for whom you were never good enough. Maybe it was a boyfriend or girlfriend, or an early one, who told you all the things that were wrong with you and how you needed to be better. I want you to know that you can get past this. We've got this together. And part of what I'm looking for is a framework to help make this quicker and easier and more thorough for all of us. And I feel like that's what I may have found in IFS. So there's a part of me, an exile, that is inextricably linked up with this feeling of worthlessness. And there is a part of me, a manager, that manages my life to avoid ever having to feel that again, to avoid ever having to get near the exile. And there's a part of me, a protector, when someone does something to make me feel that way. I react very emotionally, very strongly. In the fight or flight, fight comes up. And I'm, I'm taping up my fists. So one of the things Richard Swartz says is he says, exiles are often willing to give up their emotions and beliefs if they believe they'll be taken care of. So he says, underneath all of these parts, he's come to see that in every person that he's worked with, there is a self, a part that's compassionate, confident, caring. And we all have it. And so part of the way of, of dealing with this stuff and working through it is to tease apart your parts. Tease them apart, access the self, and then sit there compassionately with each of your parts to be a compassionate witness. And this can take a little while. It can take a little while to get your parts to step back if you don't have a lot of access to your quote-unquote self, to the part of you that is compassionate and confident. I can just sit there, not in judgment, and just hold these other parts of you. What's interesting, too, is a, as a final aside, because this won't be the last that you hear of IFS from me, is that he is ultimately a relationship therapist. And he talks about how this manifests itself in relationships, how often it's two people's protectors just yelling at one another. And the way to make it through that is to speak for your parts, not from them. To speak for them, not from them. To tease them apart, to figure out what they're saying, and to talk about that with your partner. Okay, that's it for me today. I'm really excited about this stuff. It resonates with me on a level that I haven't seen since I first discovered the financial independence movement years ago. And in this case, it's like, ah, whoa, a framework for what I've noticed about how I work so far. Because I'm excited to integrate all of my parts together. And I'm excited to help you do the same too. Because together, we can do this.